You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Father, thank you for this broadcast. Thank you for another opportunity to connect with your heart, to connect with your mind, to connect with your truth. Thank you for the good news of the gospel. Thank you that it is the power of salvation. It is the power of deliverance, the power of healing, the power of prosperity. Thank you that it is the announcement that Jesus Christ is Lord, that all authority and all power have been given unto him and that we are new creations, that we've been recreated in Christ for good works. And we now live in union with him. We are seated in heavenly places. And as he is, so are we in this world. Thank you that it's the best news that's ever been told. And thank you that we are here today to hear it afresh, to hear it again, to be reminded of what Jesus has accomplished for us personally. And thank you that it's meant to be a reality that is experienced. Thank you that the kingdom of God is inside of us, that it's a right now reality. It's not something that we just have to wait till we die to experience, but it's right now. Thank you that we are truly carriers of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. We are carriers of his kingdom and that we are anointed by the Holy Spirit to do the same works as Jesus did and even greater works and to transform form this planet, Father, so that heaven manifests. So yes, we say yes. We say yes to all of that this morning. And we just thank you for firing us up, Holy Spirit, uh, and lighting a fire underneath us to get us moving, to get us in the space where we're in agreement. We are in agreement with what Jesus has done for us. We see ourselves the way that you see us, Father. And we are, we are absolutely uh, expanding your business, Father. We are partnering with you and we are seeing heaven come everywhere that we are because we are the answer to people's prayers, Father. We are Jesus with skin on wherever we go. And so we bless our time together, God. I bless every listener. Uh, thank you, Father, that you continue to draw listeners from all over the world to these broadcasts on our podcast and in our and our social media. And Father, we just thank you that it's all by divine appointment, that this is a word in due season for every single person that's listening. This is an answer to their prayer, Father. This is a uh, an answer to the questions that they've had, Father. Thank you for using this broadcast, God, to transform lives, to radically uh, change people's minds and uh, lead them into greater manifestations of Christ in them. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, awesome, you guys. It is good to be with you again, uh, hopping into this series. This is going to be part two of the series that I kicked off uh, in last uh, during our last broadcast. It's called Living a Resurrected Life or Living the Resurrected Life. And this is a topic that I get super pumped up about. I actually, I don't always go back and listen to my, my broadcast or listen to uh, the podcast, but I felt led by the Holy Spirit to go back and listen uh, to the first episode in this series. And I just encourage you to do the same thing. I encourage you to go back and listen to part one of this series. I mean, there's just some really um, challenging truths that I'm unpacking in this series about us coming into a place of power, us coming into a place of victory, where we are getting a revelation of the gospel 
for ourselves personally, where we, where it is truly changing uh, the way that we see ourselves. It's uh, our revelation of the gospel is 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 changing the way that we show up in the uh, on the planet every single day. That we begin to manifest what it means to be a new creation. That we begin to manifest what it means to be a son of God, and that we begin to actually experience resurrection power in our lives. And, and this is, this was a challenge. I mean, this is a challenge to us. This is a, it's a challenge, you know, in, in one sense, like, well, I'm challenging you to do this, but it's also a challenge in the sense that the entire world is not thinking about these things. Like there are distractions, there are um, opportunities to get drawn into all kinds of conversations right now, into all kinds of conflicts, into all kinds of fear and worry over the, you know, the direction that the world is headed. Um, but I also said, and I believe this with all of my heart, that this is the most important exercise that we can do. And I kicked off when I say exercise, meaning getting the revelation for yourself of what it means to be a new creation, what it means to be co-identified with Jesus's death, with his burial, with his resurrection, with his ascension, what it means experientially to be seated in heavenly places with God, in Christ, at the right hand of the Father. But remember, the Father and Jesus are one. And so this, what does this union with God and this co-identification with Jesus, what does that mean for you personally? And how does that radically shift your experience of life? your experience of yourself and how do we turn off the distractions and make this our determined purpose the way that the apostle Paul did. And we kicked off last week by actually discussing that, that this was the determined purpose of the apostle Paul, that the apostle Paul made it his mission to intimately know Jesus and to fellowship with his sufferings, meaning to fellowship with his crucifixion on the cross, meaning to, to co-identify and participate in the crucifixion of Jesus and to understand the power outflowing from the resurrection to, to make it his mission to, 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 to understand what Jesus has accomplished. And I'm sharing all of that again this morning because that is what I'm really inviting you and challenging you into through this series. I'm challenging us to make it our determined purpose. And it is really easy to get off track with that. So I'm going to just jump right back in this morning. Uh, I'm going to jump back into Philippians 3. That is the chapter that we are basing this series off of. And I am going to jump off in verse number 10 again. I'm reading in the Amplified Classic version. And uh, we may jump around in this chapter today. We may go some other places, but here's where I want to start. This is really the foundation scripture of this series. And again, it's Philippians 3, 10 through 11 in the Amplified Classic Version, which you might have to Google that version. It's the AMPC uh, is kind of the abbreviation for that version. You may have to, to Google it, but it's important to read it in this um, translation because it really amplifies and brings out the revelation that we're chatting about um, in this series. So starting in verse 10, this is the Apostle Paul writing. Remember, he's writing this epistle from prison. He is writing it to uh, the believers in Philippi. And here's what he's telling them in Philippians 3 verse 10. He's saying, for my determined purpose 
is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Now, I want to stop here for a moment. Uh, I'm going to keep reading, but I want to kind of break down some of the thoughts that I have about um, different parts of this scripture, just based on my own meditation of these verses and just the revelation that I feel like I've gleaned from them. I think the first thing that I want to point out about Paul's determined purpose, first of all, he determined this, okay? Like I I help people day in and day out discover their purpose, right? Not just their generic purpose in Christ, which is kind of what the Apostle Paul's talking here about here, but also their specific purpose, right? And so I want to talk about this for a moment because the Apostle Paul's determined purpose here, his his foundational purpose was that he was going to get to know Jesus, okay? Like personally, intimately, he was going to perceive him. He was going to, uh, it says, uh, become more intimately and deeply acquainted with him. He was going to perceive him. He was going to recognize him. He was going to understand the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. So the Apostle Paul was basically saying, I am going to know Jesus Christ intimately. I'm going to experience him intimately. This is my determined purpose. And so this is kind of this foundational driver, this foundational purpose in the Apostle Paul's life. Now, his specific purpose, as we know, was to be an apostle. He was called um, by God to be an apostle, and he was called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. His specific audience was um, the non-Jewish uh, world. And he was called to be a sent one to preach the gospel. So there is this kind of determined purpose, this foundational purpose in the Apostle Paul's life. And then there's this specific call on his life. But um, last last week or last broadcast, I talked about this Greek word that the Apostle Paul uses here um, that says, you know, my determined purpose is to know him. If we look up this scripture in just like a really simple translation, let me just go, for example, to the NIV for, for a minute. And let's look at how that reads just to kind of um, jump off on that really quick. Let me find it here. NIV. Okay. So here's how it reads in the NIV. It just says this. It says, um, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power's resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So we'll stop there with the NIV because what I want to do is I want to, I want to talk about this, this word know. Okay. I want to know Christ. I want to know Jesus. It's a Greek word. Uh, the Greek word is gnosko, G-I-N-O-S-K-O. I think I'm, I'm not writing it down. It's hard for me to spell. <laughs> writing it down, but gnosko is the Greek word that's translated into English as no. Okay. Now I've taught on this Greek word before. It's a very um, specific kind of knowing. Okay. Um, I've taught about it in previous podcasts in the gospel, according to Shalise, I've talked about it because, um, you know, and, and I'll just give a little bit of context in that. So in John three sixteen, which most of us is a, you know, it's a Bible verse that we learned in Sunday school. It says, you know, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life or have eternal life. Right. So we've, we've known this scripture since we were kids. And most of us thought that, 
uh, that was talking about heaven, like after we die. So if we believe in Jesus, then we'll go to heaven after we die because we have made heaven and eternal life equal. That, that's what they mean. But eternal life and the eternal life that Jesus is referring to in John 3, 16 is not about the afterlife. It's not about going to heaven after you die. In fact, in John 17, Jesus, in the very first part of John 17, I want to say uh, maybe like verse three or four. Let me just pull it up really quick so I don't butcher it. Um, but in John chapter 17, I'm going there. Hello, sorry, it's going the wrong way on my Bible app here. John 17, verse three, and I'm just going to read that. I don't know. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. I, you can read in the Amplified, whatever. But in um, John 17, verse three, here's what this says, okay? It's a definition of eternal life that has nothing to do with the afterlife in heaven. It says this, okay? Jesus is speaking here. He's praying to the Father. And um, I'll just start at verse one so we get it in context. It says, Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your son so that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given me. In verse three, here's the, here's the, the definition. It says eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the son whom you have sent. So this definition of eternal life um, uses the word gnosko, okay? It's translated here, eternal life means to know and experience you. And so this Greek word gnosko that the Apostle Paul is using in Philippians 3.10 and, and Jesus is defining here in John 17.3 is a very intimate knowing, Okay, it's an experiential knowing. And why I like Philippians 3 and the Amplified Version so much is because it amplifies that word gnosko. And so if we go back into that now, let's pull it up. He says this. This is how the, the word know, the word gnosko is amplified and what this specific kind of knowing is that Jesus was saying is eternal life. And the Apostle Paul is saying, this is my determined purpose. Okay, it, it's a knowing that is, and this is what it says, that I may know him. And then it, then it defines it, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. This is the kind of knowing. This is the gnosko knowing, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. So I, that's why I love the amplified version of this, because it's it's amplifying this intimate knowing that the Greek word gnosko is inferring. In fact, if you do some re research on that Greek word gnosko, you will find that in Bible times, when the uh, when Je during Jesus's ministry and during the ministry of the Apostle Paul, that Greek word gnosko was actually a Jewish idiom for um, sexual intercourse between in, in, within the context of marriage in, in a mar between a married couple. 
that this was the greatest kind of, of intimacy that could be described. So this is the most intimate of intimate relationships in the sense of Adam knew Eve, right? And, and she conceived a son. I mean, this, again, this isn't necessarily, I'm not, I'm not trying to infer that we're, you know, having sexual intercourse with God. So I'm not going there. I, I'm sure y'all have heard of some crazies out there that talk about that stuff, but we're not going there. That's not what I'm inferring. I'm just going to say it out loud and say it strong. But what I am saying is that this specific kind of intimacy is the most intimate. In fact, it's more intimate, if we're really clear, than any sexual type of relationship that two human beings could ever have, you know, because this intimate, there is no one that is more intimately acquainted with you or with me than the one who lives inside of me, than Jesus Christ, uh, our creator, our father, our, our spiritual family of the Holy Spirit, the father and Jesus. There is no one that knows us more intimately than that. You know, I, I like to go to Psalm 139 sometimes to chat about how intimately we are known, okay? Uh, if you go to Psalm 139, I'll go in the Passion Translation. I like it in the New Living Translation, I think the best, but I'm just going to go Psalm 139. It's a lot of Psalms. Let's go to Psalm 139. I just wanted to kick off reading how intimately God knows us, okay? In Psalm 139, verse 1, here's what it says. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul, and you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me. You spare me from the harm of my past. Oh, hallelujah. You have laid your hand upon me. This is just too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Verse 7, where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It is impossible to disappear from you or ask the darkness to hide me. For your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my night. There is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as the day. There's no difference between the two. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside. You wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, Lord. You formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully, you shaped me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. 
every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. Now, I took some time to read through that because this is an intimacy that is beyond any other relationship or intimacy that we will ever experience in our human experience, in our eternal experience. And this, why is it? Because it's an inside out knowing. This is, this is, a, this is a God that knows our thoughts. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what we're going to think before we even know what we're going to think. He knows what we're going to say before we even know what we're going to say. And this is a, the most beautiful to me description of the level of intimacy that we can enter into in knowing Jesus. And I want to go one other scripture here um, because the Holy Spirit, you guys, let me just pull this up really quick. Um, the Holy Spirit manifests the reality of Jesus Christ. Okay, he, he part of what he does is he makes this um, he makes Jesus real to us. Okay, I'm going to get a couple of scriptures here just to kind of share this with you. So John 14, okay, is the first place that I want to go, um, and I want to talk. What I'm talking about here is how the Holy Spirit makes Gnosko happen that God knows us this intimate way. And now the Apostle Paul is saying, it's my determined purpose to gnosco you, Jesus, to know you intimately, to have the most intimate of relationships with you. And the Holy Spirit is what makes this possible, you guys. Okay, so the Holy Spirit says in John, uh, John chapter 14, um, I'm just going to start reading... Um, Verse 16, John 14, 16, it's, and this is Jesus talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And here's what he says. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior. Okay, the Amplified Version is going to say another comforter. It's going to amplify it, intercessor, standby, advocate. So, But the Holy Spirit has many roles in our life. But he says another Savior here in the Passion Translation, the Holy Spirit of truth who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you. Verse 18, I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Jesus is coming back in the person of the Holy Spirit, okay? In verse 20, it says, so that when the day comes, you will know. Wait a minute. Sorry, I skipped something. Okay, verse 18. Let me go back. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Verse 19. Soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me because I will live again and you will come alive too. Verse 20, it says, so when that day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me for I will be living in you. Verse 21 is where I wanna go. It says, those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me 
will be passionately loved by the father and I will passionately love him in return. And then this is the part I wanted to say and will reveal myself to him. I will reveal myself to him. If I read that in the amplified version, verse 21, it says, um, I will love him and reveal myself to him. And then it amplifies it and says, I will make myself real to him. So why am I reading these scriptures? I'm talking about Gnosko. I'm talking about the Apostle Paul's determined purpose to know Jesus, to get intimately acquainted with the wonders of his person. His determined purpose was to experience Jesus, to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords intimately the way that he is known. And the Holy Spirit, his job, his role, he is here to manifest God in our lives. I mean, if we read other scriptures like 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you know, it talks about eye has not seen, uh, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But it has been revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the Spirit. The Apostle Paul prayed that the that the the church at Ephesus in Ephesians one seventeen that they would receive this that they that God would grant unto them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, in the knowledge of God, in the gnosko intimate knowledge of Jesus. And so let me tell you, beloved, this this is where life is. Okay. Knowing Jesus, knowing God is eternal life. I'm not saying that there isn't a heaven that we go to after we, we die, but we do not have to wait. Okay, we are here to experience resurrection life. We are here to know God and the power of his resurrection. We're here to know Jesus and it's experienceable. <laughs> That's a word. It is, it is, um, it, we can experience this. And here's the thing about making it your de determined focus or your determined purpose. I was going to say, let's talk about that because it's all about focus. It's all about focus for our determined purpose means my determined focus. I'm going to focus on this. And here's the thing about focus. You guys, what we focus on manifests. It is a law of quantum physics, <laughs> and it is a spiritual law. God created human beings to be, uh, to, to, to manifest what we focus on. Okay. Seeing and focus and perceiving and all of these, I, these, this concept that the apostle Paul's, uh, coming into this, uh, talking about in Philippians chapter 10, I mean, verse, uh, chapter three, verse 10. You know, what he's talking about is that, you know, when we meditate on these truths and we put our focus on knowing him and we put our focus on the Holy Spirit and we put the focus on how we are known and we put the focus on uh, the wisdom and revelation of God, guess what we get? We get the wisdom and revelation of God. We get powerful revelation. You know, last broadcast, I talked about how I spent an entire year meditating on Christ and me, the hope of glory and how it completely transformed my life and how miracles began to break out. And I, it completely changed everything in my life. And it was just a focus. I focused on that truth. And so the challenge in this series is let's 
shift our focus. Let's get clear about what our determined purpose is. And let's make, let's agree with the Apostle Paul and let's make it our focus too. Because the Holy Spirit is standing by. He's standing by, ready to partner with us so that we can live a powerful, resurrected life that is no less powerful than Jesus Christ, is no less powerful than the Apostle Paul. What makes Jesus unique, really, I mean, granted, he's the only begotten son of God, but really what made Jesus successful is that he was one with the Father and that he lived intimately in the intimate place with the Father. If I go into some scriptures that talk about how Jesus lived, let's just go, and this is one of my favorites. I think it's in the front of my book. If not, I talk about it all the time. But I want to go to Matthew 11, and I want to go to Matthew 11, verse 27, and I want to go in the message translation. And I want to go in the message because it really brings out um, this concept of the intimacy that Jesus lived in with the Father. And this is the relationship, you guys, that we are being invited into through our oneness with God. Jesus accomplished this on our behalf. He made us the temple of the Holy Spirit. We were recreated in Christ, born from above. And now we live and move and have our being inside of God. And in the same way that we are intimately known, we now have access to eternal life to intimately know him. Okay, and here's what Jesus in verse 27 said in Matthew 11. He said, Jesus resumed talking to the people, but tenderly now. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. Listen to this. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But Jesus says this. He says, but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. And then verse 28, it says, are you tired, burnt, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Pause there, meaning you'll rest inside of me. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So these are some of the promises of intimacy. Intimacy is not, I mean, it, it is the foundation of discovering and fulfilling our purpose. This is why it is so imperative that we can we can hear God on demand. It's why people you know, invest and emerge and spend three months in just intense encounters with God, healing their heart and getting commissioned and positioned by Jesus through intimacy with him. I mean, it is an intimacy with God season where you're getting launched on the other side of this into purpose. Why? Because of your intimacy with God. Intimacy with God, knowing God, the way that you are known is where it's at. This is where life is found. Eternal life is found in relationship with God. It, in relationship is a conversation. Relationship is an experience. I mean, that's why the Gnosko word is so powerful because, you know, when you think about it being a Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse, I mean, there is action in this. I, I, I'm not trying to, I just want to make the point here, guys, that this is an active 
thing that we are participating relationally with God. And I'm not trying to make this some kind of religious activity. I'm trying to make this a joyous activity where this is, this is our joy. This is our delight where we receive the love of God that heals our heart, that changes us, where we receive the truth that sets us free from our past and from the lies that we've believed about ourselves, about what is possible for our lives, where we begin to enter into the glory of God and heaven on earth and what it means to be a son, what it means to abide, what it means to sit in heavenly places experientially not mentally experiencing these things where we have activated spiritual senses, where we are having encounters with God and we are having visions and we are having dreams or we are in, and we are in a flow with the Holy Spirit so that we are accomplishing what he wants to accomplish, what he wants to get done. How? In the same way Jesus did through intimacy, through union with the Father. So I know I'm, I'm really kind of majoring this morning on, on, I haven't even gotten to the power of his resurrection, but I don't, I can't really, we'll talk about that on the next um, uh, broadcast, but I can't really do that justice and really break these scriptures down and do it justice if you don't understand Gnosko. And if we don't understand the what is available to us through the Holy Spirit, that Jesus wants to reveal himself to us. And we put that on the Holy Spirit. We put that, um, that this is his job. This is his delight to do this in our lives. And when we do that, you guys, and we begin to experience, I mean, this is what has transformed my life. This is what has healed me, physically healed me, mentally healed me has been the, the 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 manifestation of Jesus as the real Jesus. Jesus is real. He's he, it, this isn't just a uh, you know and I, I know we hear these things. It's not just another religion. I mean, what separates believers? What separates, you know, I mean, people are even not even using the word Christian anymore because Christianity has lost its love <laughs> in so many ways. And part of that is because Beloved, we need to experience the love of God. We need healing. We need to get into the space of, of experiencing God to such a degree that we are like the Apostle Paul and we are co-identifying and co, uh, just, just, just Jesus is now living through us, living through us through our union with God. And so, you know, I, I really today, I'm not, I'm not saying a whole lot new. I mean, last week was a, a powerful introduction into what it means to live a resurrected life. But step one in this is is making our determined purpose to to know Him. I will tell you, there is something about intimacy with God that when you when you step into that place, life supernaturally works out. Um. You know, just this morning, as I was journaling and in my quiet time, I was thinking about how I have been busy. I mean, I've just moved halfway across the country. My family has had COVID. Um, I have had to step into different roles while my husband is still recovering. I mean, it has just been a very busy September. It's been a busy summer since August, since I moved. And, and I, uh, just this morning, as I was journaling, was realizing that, yes, it's been busy. Yes, there's been a lot of challenges. Yes, there's been things happening. But I've got to clear my schedule. I've got to clear my schedule because I don't function when I'm not spending enough time with Jesus. Jesus has 
has been the secret. <laughs> you know, people want to know, you know, read the book, The Secret. They want to learn the law of attraction, want to learn all these things. But let me tell you the real secret. The Apostle Paul tapped into it. The real secret is knowing him, eternal life and knowing him, hearing him, following him, abiding in him, allowing his life to refresh us and then flow through us. This is where life happens. And if we are too busy to make this our determined purpose, then guess what? We're too busy. We're too busy and our lives will become so much more fruitful if we will put the first things first and the first things first are abiding. The fruit of our life comes from abiding. And what does that look like? What does it mean to abide? Because I mean, for years, I have no idea. I mean, okay, I'm not an actual branch. Jesus, you're not an actual vine. I don't know how to connect. I don't know, like, what do I do as a branch? You know, I get that it's you know, figurative language. I get that it's a beautiful prophetic picture, but I don't know how to practically do this. I don't know how to abide. How do you do that? Right. And so, you know, he was just reminding me of it this morning, but I want to remind you of it in case you, you have the same question, right? Abiding, you know, and sometimes it looks like, it looks like going away. It looks like coming away with the Lord is, is, is Jesus was talking about in Matthew 28. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Whatever is going on. Are you too busy? Do you not have enough time? Whatever. He says, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. So sometimes it looks like getting away and having some actual time with Jesus where you're just, just dedicating your time. It's like date, right? A date retreat. It's like going on honeymoon. It's going on vacation with Jesus. And we need those times. Jesus would take all nights. He would go away. He would go away to a quiet place and he would spend time with the father. Why? Because of the relationship. This was a relational thing. I mean, I think sometimes we, because our relational bank with God has been shallow, it has been empty. Uh, you know, we, we, we come to God for practical things and we, we need answers and we need prayer and we got all these prayer requests and all this stuff, but there is something to be said for it just being about reveal yourself to me, Jesus. Let me, let me experience the wonders of who you are because in those times we're undone, guys. We're undone. You know, when you read in the gospels, the people that, that, that encountered Jesus, I mean, they were never the same encountering Jesus in intimate times, we're never the same. And if we're too busy to not to, to not have time to do that, well, let me tell you, you are going to be like a dried up prune. You're not going to be experiencing eternal life and you're going to be like the branch that is thrown into the fire. It just It's just dead and exhausted and striving and toil. And it's, it's just not the, you know, it's just not how we want to live running on E. So sometimes it looks like getting away with just you and the Lord. It means getting a babysitter. Okay. It means leaving the kids. They can survive without you for a few days. In fact, you'll be a better parent if you do this. Like, it's amazing to me how people can't get their determined purpose correctly. Right. Then secondly, so, you know what it looks like? It looks like, you know, coming into this space where you are aware, you're aware of God's presence. You're slowing down enough even if you're really busy, it's just this constant awareness that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with me right now. He has the wisdom I need. He has the, the direction I need. And so I'm, it's just connection. It's connection to his voice. It's, it's having, uh, uh, 
your spiritual uh, eyes activated, meaning you can, you're seeing in the spirit. It means that you're hearing your spiritual senses are activated. You're awake. You're aware of spiritual reality, right? You're spiritually minded. You know, you have life and peace when we're spiritually minded. If you don't have life and peace, I guarantee you, you're not spiritually minded. I kind of joke about it and say, well, I've lost my mind, <laughs> meaning I've lost my spiritual mind because my life and peace has jumped out the window. I have a friend who would joke and say, well, I lost Jesus somewhere. Like I, I, I need to find Jesus and get saved. The meaning is you're just, your focus is in the wrong space, right? We talked about determined purpose being about our focus and focus means that we are shifting our focus. We're remembering what is real. We're coming into the quiet space, even in the midst of the chaos and we are remembering what is true. We're remembering that we are one with Jesus. We're remembering that we're seated in heavenly places. We're remembering the reality of the gospel. We're remembering that the kingdom of God is within us. We're remembering that every problem simply needs the wisdom of God. We need to know what to say. We need to know what to what actions to take. And that doesn't happen disconnected. So abiding is really about this intimate place where we are connected, we're staying connected, and we're keeping ourselves spiritually healthy. We're keeping ourselves in the place of being spiritually minded. And so what this means is uh, that we have to slow down. We have to cultivate hearing God's voice. We have to cultivate an intimate space with God. You guys, Emerge exists to really kind of intensify this as a season in your life. And our graduates will tell you their lives are never the same after those three months because it is just an intense time with the Lord where you are getting into that place of intimacy with him. And so, you know, not to plug it, but I do plug it because I think everyone needs to do it. And I think that's God's will for everyone because God wants everyone to fulfill their purpose. God wants everyone to understand their identity. God wants everyone to know him and the power of his resurrection. And so if you're interested in that, we always, you know, put the breakthrough calls on the blog. We put it, you know, how to get in touch with us on the podcast and put it here in the group and everything. But you know what? Sign up for one of those calls. Get on with my team. Get on with me and let's chat about where your life is and how to get it into the place where we are living as the Apostle Paul is describing in Philippians 3. You guys, I really encourage you to go back and read the whole chapter. Um, you know, in the beginning of Philippians, it talks about, you know, Paul really putting his human identity to the side. That yes, even though he was a Hebrew of Hebrews and a Pharisee and he had all of these things to boast in the flesh, he just counted it all as loss compared to the excellency of gnoscoing, of knowing Jesus Christ. So as you read through this, it's going to start to make more sense just based upon what we've been teaching and based upon what we've been talking about um, in this chapter. So we've come to the end of today. We really focused... Um, our time today on Philippians 3.10, really the, you know, the very first part of that um, scripture about gnoscoing the Lord, making intimacy your purpose, making intimacy your number one priority. For some of you, that's going to look like you scheduling a getaway as soon as you listen to this. For some others of you, it's going to look like you clearing your schedule and spending the time with God that you need. For others, it's going to look like scheduling a breakthrough call because you're not hearing God clearly. You're not connected to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe all of this is like a level of 
of experiential Christianity that you've never experienced. So maybe that's your next step. But here's the reality, guys. Our determined purpose needs to be to know him, to gnosko him the way that we are known. And remember, if you don't really get that, go back and read Psalm 139 because it's a beautiful picture of how we are known. And the truth is because we live inside of Christ, because we have the mind of Christ, we have intimate access. We have intimate um <clears throat> the ability to, to intimately know him. Uh, I'm going to, I'll wrap up with this last thought. And this is something that came to me one time as I, I mean, I have gotten very bold about my intimacy with God and it came to me through that boldness. I mean, when you come from the level of brokenness and you come from the level of trauma that I have healed from, that the Lord has healed me from, that he has brought me out of, you know, you really do need a deliverer. You really do need a savior. Like I really needed Jesus to be that for me. And so there was a desperation in my seeking just because of the level of brokenness that I experienced. And I'll never forget when the Lord kind of gave me permission to be very bold with it. And he, he took it into the context of the fact that we are the bride of Christ. And what he said to me was, Shalish, you know how I talk about how the two shall become one. And that when the Apostle Paul teaches about marriage, he actually will go as far as to say that the husband's body doesn't belong to himself, that the wife's body doesn't belong to herself, that they belong to one another. <coughs> Excuse me, let me get a drink here. He'll say that the husband's body doesn't belong to himself, that the wife's body doesn't belong to herself, that they are, they belong, their bodies belong to one another in the context of marriage. Well, what Jesus said to me is he said, listen, you're my bride. We're married here. And so you have, you're my body and my body is your body. And so you have a, uh, you can make a demand that uh, for intimate relationship, you can make it put a demand on our marriage covenant for intimate relationship. And you could be like, Jesus, show up, get intimate with me right now. And that may seem like bold. That may seem like um, irreverent in some ways, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And the picture of bride and groom, the picture of us being his body, this is the most intimate of relationships. That's why the Jewish idiom of it being about sexual um, sexual intercourse and it being about the word ganasco is so powerful. Guys, we can command these things with our husband. We can command these things this is the most intimate of intimate relationships. And a lot of times we are passive. We're sitting back waiting for God to show up rather than putting a demand on it. And so I, I kind of wanted to just wrap up with that. If you get into the place where you don't know where to begin or you don't know how to start your time with God, well, you know what? Start with your journal. Start with letting God know how much you desire greater intimacy with him. And then just, you know what? Darn it. Make a demand on it. Say, Jesus, you are going to reveal yourself to me because you are my husband and you paid the ultimate price for us to be one. So this is obviously your will. So what do you want to show me? What do you want to say to me today? And just let him love on you. Let him reveal himself to you. And you guys, as you do that and make that your determined purpose, I will tell you, it's going to be life changing. It's how I even got the assignment to meditate on Christ in you for a uh, a whole year, hope, the hope of glory for a whole year. It's how I have continued to make progress towards my, my destiny. It's through all, it all flows in the same way Jesus said through intimacy with God.
So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week and we'll continue the series on the next broadcast. But in the meantime, definitely be reading Philippians chapter three, get into these scriptures, make them your own, shut out the world and get into that experiential knowing of Jesus Christ. It is life changing. I promise you in 30 days of making that your focus, your life will be unrecognizable. So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.